There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? Hello. Welcome back to Matt Mork Motion Pictures. We got lots of movies to talk about and stuff. I don't know, whatever. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm your host, Matt Saltine. And over there is, uh, I guess, another host, Mork Spruce. Say something funny, Mork. Yay. Motion Pictures. Yay. Maybe this one has a strainus in it. Hey, look, it's Stumpy, the amazing mule. Whatever you do, Stumpy, don't go getting Max all bothered in Madden stuff. Uh, oh, no, Stumpy, don't do any of that stuff I can't stand or I'll uh, uh, throw something at you. I don't know. Stumpy, gosh, but what about Zamfir's butt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so movies and stuff. I mean, motion pictures. And we're talking about... Uh, I can't find the Xerox. Max! Max, wake up! What? Time what? to start the show! What? Oh, thank Eisenstein. It was all a dream. Who? Or was it? <laughs> Not no, for our listeners. Our... <laughs> no, it's our new series, An Incredible Simulation. <laughs> Last week, we watched an actual blockbuster movie. Hey. 2000, uh, it was. It was big. Hey. It broke. It busted blocks. I don't know. <laughs> 2013's Pacific Rim. And this week, it is my painful duty to bring you the movie inspired by <laughs> this movie. No, let's not kid ourselves. This is a shameless cash grab by a production company famous for exactly this sort of thing. And speaking of shameless cash grabs, I'm your host, Cash Flag. I mean, no, uh, Max Levine. I'm Max Levine. And over there is a sophisticated AI recreation of Mike Luce. Beep, boop, beep, Mike. Um, a funny thing with Zamfir and Zangief. Ha ha, ha ha. Perfect. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? We don't need the real thing. Just like but this movie. Yep. But before we get to this towering, whatever, steaming possibly, <laughs> uh, we have our poll question. Poll question. Last week we asked you, what is your favorite giant monster movie? Not just the monster but the specific movie, and you had thoughts and were not afraid to share them. Good for you. Adam Mark, our scholar-at-large, as Cloverfield, 2018, a sea monster of unexplained origin or motivation attacks New York City. New York City? <laughs> no further exposition is provided. It's true. Yeah. The film portrays the experiences of some 20-somethings partying, as the youth, youth are wont to do, where they experience the attack in real time, all the whole, all the while, I think he means, filming it on their camcorders. Remember camcorders? Ah, uh, that was a time, wasn't it? Yep. One by one, they perish or are separated. When it was released, it felt so novel and real, I was on the edge of my seat. The film does not even try to explain the origin or cause of the beast we experience as the characters experience it. And the ending is even more amazing. The monster cannot be beaten, only endured. For runner-up, Twister. Oh, that's interesting. I don't remember uh, a giant monster in Twister. Well, it was just made of wind. Well, there uh, was a big cow, and it did that, fly. <laughs> yes, 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 there was. Another film where the monster cannot be beaten, only endured. Huh. What was supposed to be just another dumb summer movie created a masterpiece with a film that will soon spawn a sequel. Oh. Really? Plus the first mainstream film for Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hmm. Yeah. The twistening? Is that what it's called? Twistening, yep. The retwistering. <laughs> the monster cannot be beaten, cannot be reasoned with, destroyed solely because it exists. It comes unbidden from the very sky above, sucks your father out of the cellar, bursts through barns, drive-in movie theaters, and weather vane auntie houses with nary a care, and scours the Midwest. Future Trump voters scramble for cover. <laughs> And, yes, this tornado is huge. 
That, very fine tornadoes on both sides. Are your hands getting smaller? <laughs> they are. It's frightening. And in the end, there is no anger, only awe. What a villain. I never get tired of it. Cow! Another cow! Actually, I think it was the same cow. <laughs> yeah, that's a really interesting take on the idea of a monster where it's something that's yeah. not, in this case, not even really physical. It's just a manifestation of wind. But it makes sense. Yeah. Dave, Dave tell, tells us Godzilla versus Mothra. Right on. I the I only had, movie I, I watched. <laughs> the only movie I watch regularly from the whole franchise. The Peanuts, of course, are what make the movie work. Yeah, Snoopy's great in that. <laughs> they create and build the atmosphere of mystery, and their commentary provides much-needed pathos to an otherwise unattractive giant moth. Hey, let's not moth shame here. <laughs> Dr. Professor Rebecca Pelkey says, I don't think I really gravitate toward giant monster films. But Jurassic Park is maybe an obvious choice, leaving aside that animals are just doing what they do and trying to survive aren't really monsters as such. Hmm. A less obvious choice and a favorite of mine in general is The Cabin in the Woods. I won't say it more because that would spoil it. Oh. That's interesting. I never thought of that as a giant monster movie, but sure. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. So I have. Oh. It's interesting. And again, I can't. she's right. It's very hard to talk about that movie without spoiling it. Well, then let's not. Yeah. Matt Reisman says, Pacific Rim. Uh, uh, oh, Matt. Now, now. It was fun, enjoyable, and felt both familiar and fresh. I don't generally like the giant monster movies, though. They seem they seem cool for about a scene, but mostly I find them tedious. Hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Richard Tatum, as always, the inventor of the Tatum. <laughs> Would the Iron Giant count? Huh. Hmm. He's considered a monster by some, but then Godzilla is a hero in some as well. And, of course, Gamera is the friend of all children. That would be the big one for me. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, huh. we've had two different huh. looks at monsters. We had one was a tornado. And then, yeah. well, actually, no, and then we had the dinosaurs. I mean, they're, I mean, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park actually, to me, tilt over into the friends when they eat the lawyer. Uh, yeah, true. So, yeah, sure, why not? It's all about yeah. perception, right? Again, I mean, very, really interesting take, but yeah, I, I buy that. Gamera doesn't mean to step on people. It's just his way of making friends. He's just lonely. Even giant turtles get lonely. <laughs> Nick Hoffman says, I've been cogitating this one all day. To be honest, I'm not a giant monster fan for the most part. I hate the Kongs, and don't get me started on the G-Zillas. Okay. <laughs> Word up, G-Zilla. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, homie, homezilla. <laughs> That's that said. I love me some dragons. This oh. this creates a problem for me for your question. Best dragon I would have would have to be from Dragon Slayer, mm. ah, Vermithrax. Mm. But if I had to answer your question honestly, how to train your dragon? Huh. Well, and that's another one where okay. it's all about perception, because of course in the beginning of that film, they're horrible and they're they're eating things and destroying our way of life. Here, us Scots up in Scandinavia, uh, yes, yeah. us Scottish Vikings. <laughs> um, er, <laughs> why not? And then yes. of course it turns out if you make friends with them, they make charming house pets. Actually, yes. I adore the first film in that series. First, first film of that is just amazing. Tyler Stewart said, "Cloverfield and Iron Giant." For the reasons already mentioned, you beat me to them. King Kong, the original and Jackson's version, as honorable mentions. Okay. Sure. sure. Charles Forsyth, Bambi meets Godzilla. Uh, thank you, Charles. <laughs> Charles. <laughs> don't make me smack you. Now, now, now. It is funny, and it doesn't it go on too long. Val Coons, Q footsteps, etc., etc. Sorry, Q reference to Q footsteps. Oh, oh, oh. Reference. I gave this a good long thought. I really like the Twister answer. It's my go-to movie when I want to put on a movie and veg. I think, wow, I thought would think that'd be too stressful, but okay. Mm. I've seen it at least 30 times. Ooh. Wow. Mostly because it was used as a demo where I worked years ago. Okay. And I'll never get tired of it. But I'm going to go with, really? Sharknado 2. Yeah. Not Sharknado, mind you. Sharknado 2 out of 6. It's so silly and proud to be so. Okay. The first one had some fun moments. Ian Ziering cut him, cutting himself out of the Great White for one. But the second one is silly and gleeful about it. That Yeah, you know, that's true. It's not even trying to be good. That's fair. Wheaton? Eaton. Eaton. <laughs> 
I, and again, it's if, if we allow Twister as a giant monster, we have to allow a Sharknado as sure, a giant monster. And this ties into this week's movie. Cool. Our favorite cheese boy, Ned, Ooh. says, To be perfectly frank, Pacific Rim is my favorite giant monster movie for sheer spectacle. So I was incredibly happy to see you cover it this past week. Oh, I bet he wasn't. <laughs> And he refers to uh, Vince, who'll come up in a minute. Vince, the snowy, mentioning the host, brings back fond memories of that movie, which I also loved. Though, as he says, it's almost an anti-monster movie. I cannot wait for Atlantic Rim. Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> well, he doesn't have to. It's rentable. And, of course, from from up north, where they actually have giant monsters. They I do. remember the, the giant electric penguin from Scott of the Arctic. <laughs> that was real. Look at what we he have, can do. We have Vince. Snowy. A bumble doesn't fall. fall a, doesn't splat. A bumble bounces. My favorite monster movie is a landmine of a question. Oh. I like quite a few and for different reasons, but the original King Kong is hard to beat even today. Hmm. The way it unfolds, the use of effects, and the amazing way it makes you relate to a stop-motion puppet as a real character you're actually supposed to care about after finding it terrifying at first. Hmm. A newer film might be an honorable mention. The Host <laughs> was such a refreshing departure in many ways from Western monster movies in terms of characters. There isn't really a hero. The family involved is the hero, really. And the monster is shown fully in afternoon sun and doesn't really disappoint. Hmm. It also has a dopey pollution somehow made a horrible creature in a pretty short period of time explanation, which is, was a modern twist on the nuclear radiation explanations we saw in the 50s as an excuse to bring a monster to the screen. It also didn't have a song, Save the Earth, Save oh God. the Earth, Save uh, the Earth. Thank you, from, Smog Monster. Yeah. And what about you, Mike? What is your favorite giant monster movie? I have a soft spot for two. One of them is a Godzilla film. It is my favorite Godzilla film. It is Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, which stars Nick Adams for no particular reason except <laughs> I think he was living in Japan at the time. Okay. And the best part is, is that you can tell he's speaking English and nobody else is, which either yeah. means he knows Japanese or just was like, whatever. It is goofy. It has these sort of space punk aliens that control. There's the controller, great name, uh, who come to Earth <laughs> to get Godzilla and Rodan to come fight Ghidra on their planet because yeah. they have no water or something. And yeah. then they come back to take. It's like, ah, now that we have them under mind control, we can take over the Earth. And there's flying saucers and a very loud thing that's supposed to scare off rapists. That's literally part of the plot. I'm not kidding. It's in there. But really? Yes. And it is just goofy and, and, and fun. The other is Gamera versus Guiron, because Gamera versus mm. Guiron has these two space alien ladies who send a spaceship to Earth to kidnap two boys for reasons we never really understand. And the acting is really bad, and the monster <laughs> has a big knife on its head, and he literally cuts up the monster from another Gamera film, which even as a child yeah. made me go, should I be watching this? <laughs> yep, yep, it's pretty brutal. And it's and there's one point you can tell like the, the sets were constructed outside in winter because you can see the breath from the kids in it. It's just like, it's literally, if I had $5 and an action figure, could I make a Gamera film? And yes, yes, it can. I, 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 I'm going to say as a as a, a sort of a runner-up, I would I would put Cloverfield. I actually really yeah. liked that film. It's one of those films like Blair Witch, which had that bit of of novelness to it that, of course, couldn't last because now everybody does found footage films and stuff. But yeah. I think in the context, it really worked, and it also was a different perspective. We weren't with the government or the the military or whatever we weren't trying to come up with the giant trucks with the ray guns on it and stuff like that we're just some guy at a party you know with a, with a cell phone going hey what the heck is that yeah so it was kind of neat how about you though yeah. My, i know you like godzilla films i do but honestly if in, in terms of the one i think is just the best i go with cloverfield even though this was a movie that actually physically hurt me I, that, that's really surprising i was i saw yeah. it with you and if i remember correctly I, you spent five minutes in the same seats as us Ten minutes in the bathroom and the rest of the film way in the back. I didn't have to go in the bathroom. I just had to get out of the theater and sit on a bench with my head down because the the jogging camera literally made me nauseous. And then I had to sit in the back row and watch the movie kind of sideways. Oh. 
But I thought it was really well done. And like you say, it very much gave you the feel of being the everyman and how we would react. I think it's really good. I think it's, uh, again, physically painful, but very well done. Oh, Max, you're never the everyman. Uh, by Prince Pachamelli. (laughs) (laughs) Every man by Prince Pat. Mmm, there's a scent I want to buy. Every man. I want to smell like everybody. That'll be the first scent from Max Mike Movies. You can buy it right next to Bumpy Puck cereal. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But those were all great answers. Thank you so much, everybody. And because you did so good, we're going to give you a chance to do it again. Uh, You may be able to figure out what the inspiration for this was. What actor's appearance in what movie just made you go, oh, God, why? What are you doing here? Uh, You know, a beloved actor in a movie they just shouldn't have been in. Yeah. It's just, what's the most tragic, I needed the paycheck film appearance? And at the end of the show, I'll tell you how you can answer that. Although you already know. We only do that because Ned told us to. Yeah. We do everything Ned tells us to. Yep, we obey the cheese head. (laughs) I like cheese. Cheese is good. Cheese is wise. (laughs) Now, things about it. The facts. Budget. Five. This had a budget, believe it or not. Yes, it did. (laughs) It wasn't just five hundred thousand dollars. That much. Thousand. Yeah, half a million dollars. (laughs) Now it is very hard to pin down how much this made because. And try to control your shock. This did not get a theatrical release. This was straight to DVD. What? Wait, they actually put it on a disc? They ma- they Oops. actually used <laughs> physical resources to to met to distribute this. They estimate it made about somewhere between 1.2 and 1.5 million. Horses died for this? Is that what you're telling yes, me? Yes, <laughs> that is what I am telling you. Bumpy, no. <laughs> you bumpy, please. <laughs> It was not always, it, it didn't keep the name Atlantic Rim. It was later called From the Sea. I can't imagine why. Yeah, I think they got a phone call. <laughs> uh, there's not a lot to talk about this movie. However, I will say, this film was originally, they planned to shoot it at the Naval Air Station in Pensacola, Florida. Yeah, the base denied permission to film there after a high-ranking official read the script. Oh, big mistake. <laughs> And disagreed with the portrayal of the soldiers. Oh, why? Okay. Production moved to a private helicopter airport that played at least seven different locations. (laughs) Yeah, didn't notice that. Yeah, the last minute relocation and weather, because suddenly we're in the winter, allegedly, led to at least nine script rights, rewrites. That's all? Nine times. We're giving it away. (laughs) Not doing our jobs. Uh, there is an exterior shot of the, quote, naval base, which is actually the naval base in Everett, Washington, which is on the Pacific coast. It's right next to Pensacola, I'm pretty sure. Sure, there's just a country in the way. <laughs> this is how deep I had to dig. This is the first film to be featured on Mystery Science Theater 3000 that was produced and released in the 21st century. Ah, I also want to point out, just if you, who you may have noticed from, well, we'll get to the cast later. Mm, why? Uh, I normally don't do this, but uh, Dread Central gave the film three out of five stars, describing it as the ultimate monster movie about booze-hounding broskies in <laughs> battle bots saving New York City from a crazy-eyed giant sea beast that frequently appears to be merely a lost animal, confused and irritated that these metal men won't stop hitting it. I think that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I would still not give it three stars, but no. Oops. Again. This movie, now, this is more interesting. I think this comes from a production company called, appropriately, The Asylum. Uh-huh. This is an independent film production company, and it is famous for the type of movie that this is. This was, I wish I'd come up with this name for them because it's really clever Mockbusters. Mm. Like mock turtle soup, not like making fun of, but like fake. This company is the genius group behind Transmorphers. Oh dear. Yep. <laughs> Alien versus Hunter. <laughs> 30,000 Leagues Under the Sea. <laughs> yep. The Terminators, plural. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies. And of course, and this should surprise no one, all six. 
Sharknado movies. Oh! Suddenly a lot becomes clear, doesn't it? That's what that smell was. Yes. Okay. That's you. In fact, you'll recognize a lot of the the same actors are the bit players they tend to throw into these. Okay. They're like they've got their sort of Ed Wood stock cast of people who I think were like I don't know. This guy fixes the copy machine. <laughs> he can play. He can play a Navy pilot. Or, they, they own a copy machine. <laughs> I no. They rented one. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. That, okay. Yeah. That, yeah. That does explain. That makes a lot yeah. lot more sense, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. That's all I've got. There isn't much about this movie. Well, luckily, I know a lot of trivia about this movie. Oh, good. What is it? Uh, oh, uh, 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 you're lying. It's an hour and 25 minutes. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it's, that it's, is the one thing we can say. It's very short. It's uh, got robots in it. Well, yeah. Kind of. And a monster. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Who, who is supposed to be three different monsters. Uh, and there's... Um, uh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of figure. Okay, so now my favorite, the part I've been dreading, the plot. <laughs> Wrangle that plot, Max. <laughs> yeah! One of our oil rigs is missing. Maybe it hit a rock. Someone actually says this. <laughs> Except oil rigs don't move. No, it's a giant monster. Ah, oh, sure, that would have been my next guest. Quick, we need stock military footage, and lots of it! It's no use. Oh, noes. Fortunately, the Navy just happened to have three giant mecha robots with three pilots on hand because apparently they were commissioned under the Stuff and Reasons Act of 2013. We've got Waters, a.k.a. Red, a maverick who plays by his own rules. Jim, a sensitive guy who randomly becomes an African-American stereotype. And Tracy, who is blonde and a woman. Oh, and maybe romantically involved with both of these guys? It's not clear. This comes up and is dropped almost immediately. Overseeing this confusing mess is Admiral Graham Greene, who, after appearing in Twilight New Moon four years earlier, has apparently decided to take whatever job floats up out of the sewer. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Mr. Greene. Yeah. He has to deal with some very unconvincing NASA scientists who may have built the robots and a very bad Nick Fury knockoff named Geis, who really, really wants to nuke something, anything, <laughs> damn it! More suspiciously, identically CG'd monsters show up, apparently with negligible explanation. First in, I'm not sure, New Orleans, maybe? There's Mardi Gras, sort we of. don't know. <laughs> There's five people at Mardi Gras, apparently. (laughs) Uh, Then in, I don't know, Manhattan, it's supposed to be. I don't buy it. I think it's the helicopter base again, kind of. There's a lot of punching, anime-style weapons, and so much drinking. (laughs) Seriously, if the monsters don't kill the pilots, I'm pretty sure liver failure will. There's heroic sacrifice that isn't really a sacrifice. The day is saved, and everyone cheers for the hundreds of thousands who perished as collateral damage, and everything is good forever. Hooray! More drinking! The film. <sighs> wow. Um, yeah. Great job, Max. That um, actually I, uh... gave me the exact feeling I had watching that <laughs> film. <laughs> That and memory loss seem to be <laughs> the two symptoms of having watched this film. So the Asylum, yeah. now that you tell me where they're from, you know, they remind me of an 80s um, film outfit. that did They didn't do rip-offs of other films, but they did very low-budget movies that somehow made it into the film the theater. That was an outfit called Empire, whom I really liked. They did films like Trancers with Jack Death. Oh, God. And Robojocks, yeah. which actually reminds Robo-Jocks. me a lot of this film. <laughs> yep. And they were just like, they put out all these science fiction and cyber. They didn't care what the genre was. They would put it out. And it was literally, one of these things has to make money. And somehow one (laughs) of them would. And that would allow them to keep making more films. So this reminds me a lot of the Asylum. And then, yeah. yeah. Asylum is a lot of the same way. They basically, they're the closest thing I have to think we have to a modern grindhouse cinema. They just churn this stuff out. They do it on such a small budget that they actually end up making money. 
it's they somehow have figured out the mathematical formula where they can't help but make money like yeah somehow yeah because these mm, i I don't want to give away our opinion but i think we gave it away with the title of the episode i think so yeah so i'm not the usual question did you see this no of course you didn't well yes i did did. you saw i did you saw because i saw the mystery science theater version right which and i had forgotten it almost as soon as i saw it which is the best thing to do really yeah yeah oops i keep doing that damn it's hard not to but let's talk about the cast uh, do you want to leave him for last or do you want to yeah let's leave him for last (laughs) Almost like in memoriam. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Graham. So, you know, we got um, Red. Oh, or God. Apparently his name's Waters. They don't. They aren't very clear what his actual, what anybody's name is in this. Well, his name's Lieutenant Waters, except at one point he says, because he, when he's, one of the times he's arrested, yeah. they come in and he's like, you know, Lieutenant Waters is like, no, my name is Red. Why is his name Red? Because it's the color of the lights inside his cabin and his robot. Yeah. My guess is he's chosen that because it's the only word he can remember. <laughs> and it's only three letters, so it's easy. It's the shortest name because there's red, white, and green. Red, blue, and green. No, no. Red, white, and green. I checked this no, twice. No, her robot's blue. But it's called white. But it's blue. It is blue, but it's called white. <sighs> I disagree. Yeah. And we got, uh, you know, he's played by David Chocacci. Is he? Who, yes, he is, who I'm sure we all remember from Baywatch. Can we find another verb? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so here's my question, because this is yeah. my, my note on David Chocacci. Is that like Chachi? No. It, yes. Uh, my question is. Do you think the actor was drunk while playing him? Because my I, I honest, really do. Me too. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he was hammered out of his mind. There's this great vine, and it's a vine about this surfer, and the, he's in front of a newscaster, and the newscaster is trying to get this guy to describe what it was like to be out in this pounding surf on his board, and it's pretty obvious that this guy has either just come up from having hit his head on a rock, Greg Grady, <laughs> or. He's really high because he's like, yeah, we're out there. And then kabam. And there's a coosh. And he just, he's like burbling and not making any sense. And that's pretty much how I'd describe his performance. Yeah. The guy, I don't, I'm not sure he knew he was in a movie. No. I don't know if I know he's in a movie. Yeah. So I'm going to go with terrible. How about you? Yeah. Pretty, yeah, I I think so. And then there's, uh, you know, Anthony Chris, excuse me, Anthony Treach. Chris. Sure, because he really likes he, Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips. I oh, That was where I went, too, <laughs> when I heard that. Now, he's actually been in, like, one real movie called Juice. Like, Samuel Jackson's in that and a bunch of people. It was like a, a, a gang movie. It was supposed to be watchable. Okay. I, I think he plays third guy from the left. Oh, I love that part. Yeah, yeah. He's also, uh, he did an episode of CSI. Or he had an episode. Yeah, I think he had several... <laughs> Yeah. Also, this guy, I, you don't know what to make of him because he's like, "Hi, I'm sensitive. I'm I'm worried about the injured and the fallen, and now I'm going to call my." That was a little more than a little problematic when he is trying to rescue an innocent little girl who, for some reason, has run into a bar that's on fire. Well, and he goes into rescue her with his gun drawn. I'm like, that was the thing. It's like, where are you, kid? I'm going to shoot you out of here. Oh no! I will rescue you with bullets. <laughs> I'll shoot the fire. <laughs> well, and also, you have to sit there. Well, we're going to get to this. Let's let's just stick to the performances. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, of the three leads or is it leads <laughs> the, the three humans who we saw most i think he was the best of the three now yeah. that's not much that's not say that's like yeah yeah but i think that there are moments where he, i think he's actually acting he's trying to yes yeah um, and then the, then of course there's jackie moore who plays tracy who we all remember from she was in uh, the show westworld as mariposa girl uh, and hooker <laughs> Hooker's a good cop. <laughs> I will never forget her performance as Hooker. I, she's she honestly looks like she's reading her lines off a teleprompter, and they keep putting pages in front of it that have changed. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, not she's there. I mean, she's, she she exists. She's blonde, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. But sure. Yeah, yeah. And then we have now this movie. You know, like. Pacific Rim, you had, what are you doing in this? We had Idris Elba. Yeah. In this, we have 
Oscar nominee. Yeah. For Dances with Wolves, Graham Greene. Yeah. This is a guy who was in the Green Mile. He was in Maverick with Mel Gibson. He was in Thunderheart with Val Kilmer. <laughs> and he was in one of the Twilight movies. <laughs> and how would you know that, Max? I've seen all of them. How many Rift times? Th- many times, because they are the greatest ones that Rift Tracks has ever done. That's, that, to me, is their... That is, that is their starry, starry night, you know? He's secretly Team Edward. <laughs> I am not. I am Team Mustache Dad. <laughs> He spends the entire film looking like he would really rather be anywhere else. Preferably with a toilet. <laughs> he, I'm sorry, Graham looks like he has, is so blocked up. Well, that, and it looks like they handed the camera off to Billy Barty, because half the time yes. we're looking up his nose. We are. The, the, the blocking in this, the camera work is just, I think they put the camera on a chair and <laughs> left. Well, there's two things with that. One, there's a weird camera angles. One of which I know is a cost-saving measure, because here's the thing, and they start the film this way. If you keep the camera angle really tight, we can't see where anybody is, and therefore we don't (laughs) have to know that they're nowhere near an oil rig platform. Uh. So, yeah, keep it tight and don't move it when it's in that situation. Otherwise, make sure the camera's in constant motion, because people love that. No, we don't! No, we hate that. Oh, I can't... St- I don't know who started that, that trend. I know some people thought it was... Oh, for frack's sake. I can't yeah. remember anybody's name. J.J. Um, Abrams. Oh, wow. Well, but I don't think it was him, because I actually I generally think so. like... I think it's older than that. Yeah, I, it's just like, literally every shot is a pan to the left or the right, and they're not the same direction. Not that it would matter. But it's no. like, oh, now we're going over... Oh, we're going over... Now I am near. Now I am oh, far. I hate that, hate that, hate that. But no. yeah, Graham Greene spends the entire movie really looking like he'd rather be doing anything else and or <laughs> he needs a movement. <laughs> yeah. i'll be right back after this important movement <laughs> yeah and then there's other people oh we have to we, we can't forget uh, colonel snake pliskin who the hell oh, is that oh god yes geis yeah who, by the way it is it took me a while to find out who he was because he is not listed as you know colonel because he is a colonel you can see the bird uh sure. he's got the full bird they gave him the bird he's sheldon isn't he Yes, he's listed in the credits simply as Sheldon. And all I think of is, you know, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear Sheldon. That's a deeper. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love, because this is one of those movies, if you go look this up on IMDb, you know it's a sign of quality when more members of the cast don't actually have a photo than do. (laughs) And Sheldon's one of them. Stephen Marlowe, who is... Uh, I mean, he looks like he doesn't even know how to wear an eye patch. Let's face no, it. No, re- he really is. He looks very uncomfortable with the eye patch. He's supposed to look badass, and he looks like, uh, I just came from a Halloween party, or I'm on my way to a Halloween party where I'm playing a pirate. Arr. Yeah, or I sat in this, it stuck to my ass, so I decided to string it around <laughs> my head. I also swear, and I don't want to go back and find out if this is true, I swear that the scar under the eye patch only yeah. shows up later in the film. I'm pretty sure you're right. I think it's uh, they, they forgot to put it in the first few shots. Who who plays the scar? That's what I I, I, I don't know, but uh, he was he was underpaid. And then there's other people. And oh yeah, well, I actually do want to remember uh, mention Nicole who? Dixon who plays Margaret, the um, <coughs> NASA scientist. Oh. Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, this is the person where you just go. She's never acted before in her life. Well, also she can't spell NASA. Oh, that's right. Just, is it N, what is it, NSA? Or? Uh, uh, N, uh, oh, wait, no. Uh, and, of course, nobody can pronounce nuclear either. No, and even Graham Greene does that. And I'm like, oh. Yes. All I can nuclear. think of is Homer Simpson going, it's pronounced nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. <laughs> yeah. So uh. the cast, even Graham Greene, ranges from <sighs> bad to terrible. Yeah, Graham Greene cannot save his part and does not even try. No. He's there for the money. And I hope he got, well, he can't have got that much if the entire film was <sighs> budgeted at $500,000. I'd like to think, I hope he got like half. <sighs> That's the, I mean, the sad thing is, this is how little effort people put in. If you look again on IMDb, he's listed as General Hadley. He's not a general, he's an admiral. Yeah. They make a big deal out of that. 
Yeah, Hadley. <laughs> I know a Hadley. <laughs> Terrible <laughs> shut, cop. Shut up. <laughs> I solved the case. That's yeah. a few footsteps deeper. Yep. Yeah, so let's just pass on the, the cast because we're done. They were yeah, done. Yeah. We, we they were done. They were overdone, yes. Yeah. Let's talk about the brilliant dialogue. Okay, so one of my first notes is we need one more person to say, what is that? Yes. <laughs> literally, they. I yeah. swear they say, okay, line up everyone in the cast and have everyone say, what is that? What is or we, everybody? Or, or we need Graham Greene to say, and I counted, I think four times, that's a damn good question. <laughs> Never, no one ever answers any of them, but no. he does want us to know they are damn good questions. I also have never seen a movie ask itself, what's going on, more than <laughs> this one. I, yeah, I don't think it knows. They're waiting I, for pages. That's the only thing I can think of is they're filming. Sense. They only have so much on their SD card, and they're like, oh, what's going on? And that's like yeah. a cue to the writer to give them a page to read. I, I also still like uh, some of Graham Greene's expletives like, Bull butter. <laughs> All I thought is, ah, Colonel Potter has showed up. <laughs> I, yeah, no. Mm. Uh, it's so the, the, the dialogue, dear gods. De deploy the Marines on the East Coast. The whole coast? Yeah. I don't think we have that many Marines. Also, they call they call on a battalion of Marines more than once, and each it's, time it's the <laughs> same five guys. It's five guys. It's Apparently, five is a battalion. Five. Yep, and with very obviously toy guns. Yeah, I mean, you can actually hear the sound of the little hammer hitting the plastic yep. thing inside. Yep, yep. It's, yeah, there's that. Uh, there's, I'm, <laughs> where to start? <laughs> well, the, for, I will say this. I have to give a, 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 yep. a plus to this movie. Within the first really? five minutes, this movie has three times more women in it than Pacific Rim. This is true. This is true. There's quite a few women. Yep. I, I kind of... I question how many of them work on an oil rig with their flawless skin and unbroken nails. And they really know how to wear a hard hat, don't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it could only have been worse if it was backwards. It's like, yep. that thing is precariously perched on the it top is of gonna, her head. It looks like it's going to fly away on its own, honestly. And the foreman is just so annoyed when his people die. Yeah. Oh, like, that's Damn convenient. it. <laughs> it's also very... You sit there basically watching the ways they cut the budget or like yeah they couldn't do that so they talk about the monster but we don't see it they just nope. like what's that what's that what's that and it's like oh look at that big blip on the radar we're looking at the radar there's no blip no any there's no blip. any of the times we look at radar uh, there's no radar really well, <laughs> i think it's actually like they it's a little feed from the local weather channel or thing <laughs> or whatever yeah weather at five whatever yeah you know um then uh there's things swimming in the water kind of Sort of. And then eventually we see a monster for like three seconds. And then uh, they tell us that the oil rig went down. We can't see that because, of course, that would be expensive. No, and of course, they don't use real fire when anything catches fire. It's all it's all CG and it's all painfully obviously CG. They rented the fire from Birdemic. <laughs> <laughs> yep, these are the wildfires from Birdemic. Oh, my God. Yeah, so the monster, when it shows up, I'm like, is that Reptilicus? I haven't seen yeah. that. It's the old Swedish snot monster. I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, and, and whoever was who described it as crazy eye, the monster just looks silly. Its eyes are like, you know, oh, I'm kooky Guggenheim. <laughs> Crazy Guggenheim. If, Crazy if you put, Guggenheim. If you put googly eyes on something, <laughs> it kind of does look like that. Um, they make the mistake of trying to have this take place in more than one area. Oh, that one was wrong. One of them is supposed to be in New Orleans, but this I guess. is the lowest rent Mardi Gras oh. ever seen. Yes. Like, there's people on floats throwing beaded necklaces. Except, I don't know if you notice this, they don't actually throw them because they need them for other shots. Oh, I didn't notice. Okay. And, and not that I needed Doesn't to see this, me. but all the women are fully dressed. Even when they've got on yeah. a, like a halter top or a bikini top, it's over a t-shirt or something. Yeah. And it's all yeah. taking place at noon. <laughs> yeah. Of course, that's when all the big parades happen. Yeah. 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 And you there's are, no jazz bands. There's, there's no uh, music. That, well, excuse me. There's background music, clearly public domain. Well, the music to me, it's like, oh, I know that loop from GarageBand. I, <laughs> I know that loop from GarageBand. Yep, <laughs> but yep. it's like Mardi Gras. I don't know if you noticed, but um, kind of a dearth of black people there. Don't. Well, uh, kind of a. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, there's not a lot of black people in New Orleans. You know, no. the whole, they, it's a white chocolate city. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh? 
Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they make that mistake, but that's okay, because when they talk about being down in uh, the Florida something or whatever, uh, we'll be back, because Florida will stand in for New York. Every place, yeah. <laughs> and it's like... At the end of the film, they're supposedly they're attacking New York, and there's a few shots of, I guess, a drone flying through New York or something. And and then some CG buildings. Yeah. But then they're immediately like, they cut to Graham Greene, and he's in a forest. Yeah. <laughs> in the and a lot. You know uh, that, he's in upstate New York. <laughs> he's in that light. There's a lot of forest there. Well, there's that li- really large expanse of woodland and um, beach there in Queens. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, of yeah. course, you know, the famous Brooklyn palm trees put in an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> if you, I mean, you have to kind of squint a little, but it's not like you can't see them. So, yeah, yeah they do real well in cold weather. But I think my favorite, we don't have enough money for this, is at the end when... Red has quote unquote sacrificed him by literally falling from space, landing in a pile with the other robots, but he gets out. It's literally, they show the robot having crashed. The next shot is he's obviously squatting below the camera and he (laughs) stands up up, and somehow this is supposed to represent him getting out of the robot. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. (laughs) I mean, he does the whole... Iron Man, I'll fly you into space with the nuke and sacrifice myself. But that's how he gets rid of the last monster. My question, of course, was, why did you need the nuke? Well, I why don't you just chuck him into space and let him freeze to death and die? Well, I also want to know where he got it, because we see him in the robot doing things with the nuke. Unspeakable things. <laughs> <laughs> and then the nuke flies off into space, and then he mm-hmm. goes to fight the rope, the monster, and then he's shoving the nuke later into. No, the- no, he's holding. He's been holding the. He's been clutching the missile to his bosom <laughs> through the entire fight scene. That's he wants when- to go to the Motorama. No, yeah. there's there's actually a shot or two where he's. Uh, well, but whatever. And then we're not even going to mention the idea of. Of radiation shielding or yeah but there's also a scene where blue or white or whatever she's supposed to be uh she also has a scene where she um has had been overcome by the vapors or something and her robot crashes and to demonstrate her leaving her robot they just cut to her at a field (laughs) yeah she's just sort of you know uh, jim is just carrying her yeah. It's like, I got you out of the robot, apparently. Oh, and um, I got out of mine, too. Phew. We Good didn't thing. have to see that. Nobody needs to watch that. I, I did that real, real fast. So Yeah. <laughs> it just... <laughs> I mean, I wish there had actually been, like, a cardboard box or something to represent Anything. some part of the robot, but we never see it. And Nothing. part of the problem is... Most of the film, and I got, I'd be amazed if this was fo- shot on film. I'm sure this is shot on somebody's oh, no, this, phone. Absolutely. This is all Except digital. most of the footage is shot in 4K, and I'm being generous here. Except <laughs> the special effects, I think, are shot in 1080p. If that. I think they're in 480, but... Because whenever the robots shot up, show up, they're kind of staticky. Yeah, they don't look good. The, the the visuals are just embarrassing, but we kind of expected that. We did. But I will say... It is much easier to see the robots and what they look like and the monsters than they were in Pacific Rim. That is true. At least it's daylight in this one for most of it. Yeah. And also, they were smart enough, and boy, this is... Talk about a a bar left on the ground you could trip over. They color coat the robots so at least we know which one's which. Yeah, because otherwise there's there's literally no way to tell. They are all identical. They've got nothing distinctive about them. No. And and, and speaking of low rent, they also obviously have one set for the cockpit of the robots, and they just turn on different colored lights. Yes, and you can tell at one point they're complaining about how hot it's getting, and you can tell it's hot because there's smoke in the cockpit. Sure, or steam, I don't know. But they couldn't even afford sweat. <laughs> nope, none of them are sweating, not even a little. And they make such a big deal in the opening, they're going down to 800 fathoms. Who measures in fathoms anymore? Well, sometimes the Navy does, but not usually. And the thing is, 800 fathoms is about 4,800 feet. I, I did some checking. Oh, that's pretty far. You know, I what, mean... you know what the record is? Oh, 35,000 feet. <laughs> but in a robot? Okay, no, it's in a little mini submersible, but well, there you go. <laughs> that's that's your thing. You're you're not just thinking. You you think way too literally, Max. You're just not uh, getting into the spirit of this movie. I, I apparently did not suspend my disbelief from a noose. Yeah, 
I, I, I don't think I've heard fathoms and I don't can't remember when. Yeah. Why would you yeah. bother? If yeah. it, at least go metric. What's what is what's a metric fathom? What's that? Do they have? I have fathom? no idea. I, how is how far is a fathom? Six, fathom is six eight. feet. Okay, so I'm a fathom too. Yeah, okay. exactly. You're a fathom in a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's my new nickname. You have to call me Fathom. As in, I can't fathom why he'd want that. <laughs> I don't think I will. No, I don't. I don't know why you want to be called after a Raquel Welsh movie. She had a movie called Fathom. Yep, yeah. that's her character's name. I do it's love a running when joke. They decide they're going to really spend some money, and and Graham Greene says, "Call in the entire fleet." He doesn't. Yes, deploy them. stock footage. Well, but he doesn't tell them to do anything. He just yeah, just tells deploy them to go them. there. So then we see a lot of pictures of aircraft carriers, and for some reason, one picture of a B two stealth bomber, yeah, which is never seen again. Well, it bombs too. We just because that's where yeah. the nuke comes from, I guess. Yeah. Except they even say in the film, "Give the guys." Graham Greene is having fights with Snake Plissken, which honestly, again, sounds like a kid with two action figures <laughs> and two different family members. Yeah, and Snake Plissken is dying to drop the nuke, as Max said, and then he's going off and secretly talking to another branch of the military because branches of the military don't talk to each other and well that's not entirely off but he comes back and he says you know we're going to drop a new we have to drop a nuke and green room says no give them a half an hour and then suddenly it's five minutes yeah like there's no explanation as to why it wasn't like what who gave the order and what because he said it was a half an hour whatever there are so many things in this also just little things that don't make any sense you know <laughs> I, I, I mean, never from, mind the from big when the things. credits start to the the yeah. end part. Yes, pretty much. By the way, when the credits start, I felt so bad because Graham Greene is the first name they put up. Well, of course it is. They I'm paid. Like, oh, I'm they so paid twenty sorry. bucks for that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm surprised you didn't say no. You can do this, but uh, you got to call me Alan Smithy or something. Yeah. I first just, off, Red is just a horrible character. I, my first note was, well, he can't get eaten soon enough. <laughs> Well, and they do that whole, and we talked about this in, in Pacific Rim. They, they do that whole, he's a maverick. He's no good. He's he plays get by his trouble. own rules. They even call him a wild card several times. Yeah, except um, he he's just bad at his job. He's not, he mostly just does things like disobey direct orders, which would get you locked up or shot in the military. What gets me is he get he does. He gets locked in the brig, and then the admiral says, I'm going to let you out to go to a party. <laughs> What? And just let me tell you, you know when you broke all those rules, I've never been prouder of you in my life. And I'm like, what? But I'm going to lock you up again. Yeah, at midnight. Dude, you're sending some real mixed messages here. You have a curfew, young man. (laughs) Yeah, so I just had more energy than Graham did in that film. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a scene where we we see Graham Greene and the rest of the crew in the... um, I don't know where the the, the main NASA whatever it is, and then literally the next shot is Graham Greene on an aircraft carrier. Yeah, we have absolutely no idea how he got there, how he got from Florida to New York. Never mind out to sea. Nope. Just nobody cared. They were magic. Like, whatever the magic of editing. That's what it was. Yeah, I yeah. I edit my way onto that ship. <laughs> but also, did you know, at one point? I think Red says, you know, don't worry about it. I'm going, you're cribbing from the room now. <laughs> well, there's also uh, what, a point where Red suffers from sudden onset recap syndrome, yeah. where we watch oh. him fight the monster, and then they get out of the robots by literally just being over there, and then he tells us what we all just saw, and what but all the characters it. described as seeing on their scopes. He also does it exactly the way you did it last week as the 10-year-old kid <laughs> describing Pacific Rim in that, like, yeah, and I was like, boom, and the monster was like, yeah, and this guy came in like, blam. Which it's had- exactly like a kid describing it, and it's just as uninteresting and confusing. Yeah. it's like And he's this- supposed to have all this romantic chemistry, allegedly, with Tracy, and doesn't. Um, I'm sorry, but like the main characters have all the chemistry and appeal of a wet fart. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, yeah, pretty much. They really do. Um, yeah, there's this weird subplot where they go out for drinks. One of the times they go out for drinks. One of the many times <laughs> they go out for drinks. And Red goes to the bathroom, probably to puke because he's been drinking so much. Yeah. And suddenly Jim's like, are you going to tell him or are you going to tell him? He's like, no, we can't tell him. Tell him what? Oh, that time. Oh, we feel about each other. And I swear, Tracy, who's blue or white or whatever yeah. her name is, yeah. is literally like, wait, what? Yeah. 
<laughs> like, was that in your... I didn't have that version of the script. Do you have the yellow pages or the orange pages? Now, I, I'm not as Blue hip pages. to the lingo of the young people, but I thought hooking up meant having sex. Uh, it does. And they're talking about they made out once. Well, literally a kiss. Yeah, a kiss. He said, yeah, we hooked up. It's like, you and I have very different definitions of this. Well, so Red comes back and he's like, they're like, we need to talk to you about stuff. And, and white or blue or whatever her name is, is like, no, no, we don't. Pink. Yeah. <laughs> She's bang. The pink ranger. Jim. I'll say Jim and Tracy. I can't do the colors. It's dumb. Yeah, yeah. So so Tracy's like, no, we don't. And Jim's like, yeah, we do. We totally do. So like, we kissed this one time. And Red's like, yeah, so what? I've kissed lots of people. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And then she's like, well, as long as it didn't mean anything more. And then there's these sort of knowing glances like between Jim, because like I'm guessing they're implying that Jim felt something, and Tracy's like, wait, did I feel something? Yeah. And then they cut away, and we never, ever get back to it that. It never gets back to it. It's a vague attempt to actually have character, and that was their mistake. <laughs> they just they shouldn't have bothered. Oh, also, it was one of many. Oops. Damn I still I still like when they are getting the advanced tech to make the robots better, and they get the cheap sunglasses that apparently if you wear them on your forehead, you... You get a, as you put it, a waft with the robot. <laughs> yeah, they don't call it the drift. It's a mind link with the robots, well, which they master in two minutes. And I still like the the doctor's line. Now you're going to feel a p slight pinch, and I have dot dot in your brain. Yeah, I love the fact that it's obvious the actors don't know how to wear the, these little forehead yeah. things because red puts his on top of his like sort of most of the way up his forehead like that's where it goes uh. and then it literally drops onto his nose and he's just <laughs> like yeah whatever i'll just leave it there like this is the only prop we had <laughs> and it's it's not even a prop oh <laughs> yeah i do love the part when there's supposed to be this victory party and red asks tracy yeah lieutenant waters we don't know his first name we don't care we don't care to go and she's like we can't celebrate do you think that's a really good idea come on you'll go if i go we'll just stay for one drink which obviously we can all tell he's not going to do and no. it's like jim come with us and celebrate no i'm going to go help the red cross here in new orleans except out in the woods <laughs> where yeah. the monster never got close to and then we get some of the weirdest cinematography in that we have Red and Tracy slow dancing at this supposedly big, important political party that looks really like somebody's prom <laughs> or possibly somebody's wedding where they said, oh, my parents aren't paying for this. This is going to cost. We're going to just do it at the union hall. Yeah. They're slow dancing and we're cutting back to real scenes of first responders helping real disaster victims. I, it, you get the feeling that a lot of the footage in this film was because they parked near something. Like, yeah, oh, there's a the, wedding it, going I'm, on? Let's just... Um, I'm telling you, they, they went to the Ed Wood School of Directing and was like, stock footage, load me up! Yeah, but it's not even stock footage sometimes. Like you said, it looks like somebody somebody's cheap wedding. Yeah. Because lots of people film things at weddings, it would not surprise me. Where it's like, it you know, if we just move in with the cameras, no one's going to ask questions. Because it's <laughs> not like they're using... They may have just you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually just crashed some random wedding that happened yeah. to be near filming and said, just, just keep the camera low and we'll just film and we'll loop in the dialogue later. Just do it. I, and they could have gotten away with it. Nobody would care. I mean, yeah. half the cast is drunk. Half the no people one's at the wedding are drunk. Who no one's going to see it. Yeah. Well, in those woods, how much you want to bet they literally like, oh, this will do. They drive. They didn't ask anyone. They just showed up, filmed yeah. and got out. Because there's also a scene where they're surfing somewhere in New York, I guess. <laughs> Um, the famous New York which, surf beaches. Now, you can. You can. It's okay. not common, but you can. All right. And they basically, it's like, hey, I got 10 bucks for anybody who's willing to point and go the monster. And that's, and then you can just run off, off the beach. It's fine. Just do whatever yeah. you do. And they, that's what they shot. It's, yeah. They also reuse actors. Uh, One yeah. of the opening scenes has Red and Tracy being accosted by some bad guys selling poosh. <laughs> In, the, in an alley. Um, I'm, I'm willing to bet that's the first time anybody there said Kush. Yes. And especially because it's Kush. Yeah, that, there you go. Yeah. Red also, I wonder how you know that, Max. Red I, yeah. Very um, awkwardly makes a point to bump into the bad guy. <laughs> and then there's the most unconvincing fist fight I've yeah. ever seen. But that's okay because that guy will show up again playing the guitar in New York. 
Oh, that's right. I didn't know. I didn't spot that. I, I did. Yep. Like, now that you hey, say he it, have sunglasses, but that's the same. And guy. he's in a different city. Yeah. There's also <laughs> one shot of the robot fight that is literally used three times in a row. Yes, I know. Yeah. Not yeah. throughout the film. No. Right in that same other. sequence. Yep. And uh, I guess yeah. we're not supposed to notice um, that. Yeah. There's there's a lot more to unload on this movie, but <laughs> oh, I, this I think film's we, a load, all right. <laughs> I think we got to wrap it up and and give people are I'm sure are dying to know what we really thought of this Our surprise opinions. The finish. So, so Mike, no, <laughs> I win for once. Uh, sure, you win you on never, Atlantic Rim. Yeah, hooray for me. <laughs> so. Uh, you watched, you've never seen this before, right? I've never even heard of it. Yeah, you shouldn't have. No yeah. one should. I should have known. It was a rental for 99 cents. <laughs> and we still overpaid. Yep. Yeah, so that gives it away. No, it's awful. It's it, terrible. Only There's an nothing. hour 25 seconds. 25 seconds, I wish. Yeah. An hour 25 minutes, and it's too long. Yeah. I actually started falling asleep. This isn't like Sharknado no. 2, which is funny, and you at know, least moves along. This is just embarrassing. And I, I, You know, it's not embarrassing, because nobody I see in this film, except for Graham Greene, has any talent at all. The editor I'm has no talent. I'm embarrassed for Graham Greene. The cameraman He's, has no talent. The director, obviously. Nope, the writer nope. certainly does. And except for Graham Greene, none of the actors have any talent that I can see. I am embarrassed for the fact that we gave these people, between us, another $1.98. <laughs> it's... This is actually, though, the perfect film... For this series. This is exactly is. what we're talking about. Yes, yeah, this is. is. $500,000. Ooh, what's coming out? Let's jump on that bandwagon and yeah. milk let's, it for as much as we can. Let's and put this out. We're going to film for three weeks and we'll be we done. Was it really three weeks? I think that included post-production, packaging, mailing the stuff. post-production? I... <laughs> Keep flailing. <laughs> I yeah, this is literally a make it as quickly as you can, get yeah. it out there in front of people, and I'm sure the DVD <laughs> came out before Pacific Rim had left or the theaters. Like very likely, and um, that's what yeah. they were meant to do. And apparently, you said they're famous for doing this, which I totally believe. That being said, as Val Coons, I think that's her name. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Why would you know? How would I know? Yeah. Yeah. I think she actually has a point. The Sharknado films are kind of fun because they're goofy and they know it, and everyone in the film is playing it dead serious. Yeah. After two, I'm not sure. But mm. number two, I mean, especially the fact, I think number one pulls Robbie Wrist out of nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, wait, is that Cousin Oliver? Is that what happened? Okay. And they are kind of goofy fun, and I can totally see it. But this is not that. No. It's, it's It has the worst thing for me for an action film. It's boring. Yeah, it is boring. The so-called action scenes are uninteresting. It's dull. It has nothing to recommend it at all. Even, no. I mean, I'd like to normally say, well, you got Graham Greene. It's like, no, it hurts to watch him in this movie. Yeah. Because he's capable of so much better. Yeah, the only thing he projects is how much he doesn't want to be here. And however much yeah. they paid him wasn't enough. Yep. Um, the locations don't want to be there. <laughs> no. You can actually, I swear, see the trees trying to lean out of shot. <laughs> they just want to leave. Uh, <laughs> yep. I, I, I'm surprised it didn't spark a happening right there. Uh, I think what? I had, no. <laughs> I had a happening all over the bathroom floor after this. <laughs> I had this. a happening in my pants. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. It feels like the worst yeah. of Sci-Fi Channel's original films. Like, yeah. This one isn't even Sharktopus. We're not even no. there. It's nope. the, the, they literally had enough budget for I, I'm going to guess 90 seconds mm. worth of robot and monster footage. Eh, maybe what, a little more, but yeah. There's way more of people describing what's happening or literally going what's that? Like that's yeah. <laughs> they don't even describe the fight. They just go, "What's that?" and we have to <laughs> imagine that there's some sort of battle going on. <laughs> So yeah, this is absolutely yeah. awful. This, this is, is dreck. Yeah, it is. Don't a waste rip your off. time. Yeah, although, and it does rip off the plot, except that they don't even have the money for the Spanish. Nope. But whatever. But yeah, so no, yeah. we vote no. No nope. surprise. <laughs> but that brings us to something more entertaining: our poll question, Ooh. which was, is this week going to be: What actor's appearance, like Graham Greene's, just makes you go, "Oh God, why"? What actor and what movie? What's the most tragic, I needed the paycheck film appearance for you? And you can answer that 
as we always can. At our website, MaxMikeMovies.com, you can leave a comment. You can email us at us at MaxMikeMovies.com, and you can comment on us on the mediated, socially thread-free Facebook group, Max Mike Line Movies. Movies. Thank you. And, of course, we're on lots of podcast apps. Hooray. Give it a shove, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) Kristen. Kristen, honey, we're filming. But... uh, (laughs) Apparently but, she got better. <laughs> she did. But we next week we go from mock to block. What are we what are we hitting next week, Mike? Well, I thought we would take a look at a slightly older film that was indeed quite the moneymaker in its time and of course would have have to spawn a certain number of um um competitors and um, <laughs> rip-offs and mm-hmm. other such things. So next week, the good film, the film we all wanted to see, which I have not seen in decades, uh-huh. is E.T. Oh, oh wow. I haven't seen... I don't think I've seen that since it came out. And I'm actually really curious to see if it holds up, because it's one of Spielberg's earlier films. It's a favorite of a lot of people, but I've also seen a lot of critique of that film, so that'll be really interesting. Here's the thing. We gave... <laughs> Gave our aud- listening audience a chance to run away before hearing what the following movie was going to be. Do we want to do that? Or nope, do- we're not going to tell you until next week. Okay, so next week we're going to watch E.T. Yes, so phone home with us. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and the movie wrench.